The Ordinary Folk Podcast is a project that highlights the fortitude of common, everyday people through storytelling. This is a collection of stories that showcases silent human resilience, heartbreak, and triumph. You can follow this podcast at Ordinary Folk Podcast on Instagram, and you can be a part of this project by reaching out to me at ordinaryfolkpodcast at gmail.com. My guest today is a teacher and a painter. She shares how art became her salvation during her chaotic and traumatic childhood. She opens up about using art as a form of therapy to heal from her painful past. Welcome to the podcast, Natasha. Thank you. (laughs) Um, So I wanted to start by asking you a little bit about your childhood, how you grew up. So I grew up in Prince George and... I grew up on a farm and I was part of a blended family of 10. My parents divorced when I was five and then I went through another divorce when I was nine, my dad. And then my dad had three other kids and then I had six stepbrothers and sisters. So it was definitely like very busy and I was kind of back and forth from a lot of different places. My families, like all my separate families, didn't really get along with one another. So I felt like sort of becoming a chameleon in my life to kind of like please everybody. So I would go to my dad's every second weekend, every summer. And then I would, I would live with my mom. And then later on when my dad split again, I would kind of be between my previous stepmom and then my dad's and then my mom's and then later in my childhood my mom kind of kind of kicked me out of the house I think in an attempt to sort of like scare me and then um for me to come back but I ended up not coming back so it's kind of back and forth between my mom and my dad mom and my dad but I lived with my mom mostly and then I ended up living with my dad for my teenage years so how old were you when you sort of permanently started staying with your dad like I was 15 yeah. And what were your high school years like? Um, my high school years were like when I was younger, there was like a lot of alcohol abuse in both of my families and a lot of kind of chaos and trauma and abuse. And I think in my later years, in my high school years, I sort of developed like a sense of safety with school and like predictability so I became like really good at school I guess and so like even though my home life was very like chaotic I guess and like unpredictable there was a lot of fighting a lot of not really feeling like safe I guess emotionally mostly and so like when I went to school in my later years I just like that became like my sense of control and like I kind of became a perfectionist and I excelled at school and I was like top of my class and so I would say like I kind of really loved school sort of like your anchor yeah it was like safe it was predictable I was really good at it I felt good about myself going there you know it sort of like made my parents really proud um so like when everything else was kind of seemed like a bit of a a mess and at home it's like that kind of gave me a sense of sort of being good enough I guess and was it in high school that you developed an interest in art I think I would say that I was interested in art way before that like ever since I was like really little I was always drawn to not so much painting but like drawing like making cards all the time and, and then I would say I didn't really start painting like seriously 
seriously till maybe I was like in my mid 20s. But I definitely feel like it was always like an outlet for me. It was always kind of sort of meditative state for me to kind of like escape all the chaos that was going on, I guess, in my life. It was like very grounding for me. Were your parents sort of aware of you going through this sort of tumultuous childhood? And did they foster your interest in art or art therapy? Yeah, so I think like I had a bit of uh, dissociative disorder like when I was younger where I would like sleep for long periods of time and disconnect from reality and I had some sort of post-traumatic stress that happened from some things and I think that my family was really like aware but I and like would support me and like was like sort of loving towards me but I I feel like art was just kind of my own journey you know I'd never really like experience art therapy outside of my house. So take me through like your journey after high school. So you were excelling in high school, really took a keen interest in, you know, studying in art. Mm -hmm. What happened after high school? Like when you graduated? I think like from having like a lot of chaos and sort of trauma and abuse and unpredictability in my life, I, I had like a lot of anxiety. I developed a lot of like social anxiety, a lot of just generalized anxiety. I had two like really serious eating disorders that like were life threatening and I ended up in a rehab facility for a little while. I just like through the whole thing, I feel like I just like, it seemed to me like painting was the only thing that, that like healed my anxious mind. Like whether that was like fear of the future or like feeling not good enough or feeling worried about anything. It's like, as soon as I was painting, it was like sort of this flow state where like I no longer thought about all those things. So, so I feel like I continued to paint kind of like my whole life, definitely more serious into like my twenties. So I went on to um, university after my first degree, was admitted to St. Paul's Hospital to live in like this sort of, I guess it's kind of like a psychiatric facility where they have like people there that like you live, you live in the hospital with support rather than like kind of going in and out of a facility. And I ended up not staying because I really wanted to finish my second degree in university. So I went on to continue to go to school and finish my teaching degree. Yeah. And then I guess I just feel as though for basically like most of my teenage and adult life, I've sort of struggled with a lot of like anxiety, sort of been diagnosed with things like ADHD and a lot of like anxiety and worry and perfectionism. And Mm -hmm. it just seems like our for me has just been like I feel like it's sort of like found me actually you know lots of people say oh you're so lucky you have this or like you were born with this or blah 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 but it's like I am really lucky to have something that kind of heals me that I love to do but I just like I don't know it just kind of found me and I pursued it really hard I think when you were sort of going through these tumultuous years of being in university which can be really intensive and hard on mental health and then living in this outpatient psychiatric ward if you well was was painting ever present there as well yeah so the facility like the facility that I would go to yeah so it was kind of like I feel like it was similar to like a counselor's like office like so they called it a rehab facility but it's like you would go in and you would see a counselor and they would you would see different kind of um specialists and then sometimes they would have like groups with other women and so they used to have sort of an art therapy night with women and they would just make art so they would just have paints and 
whatever other materials and it was just sort of you could express yourself with other women going through the same thing and also like I think I you know I hear a lot of artists say like that they use art to or they have used art to like express their feelings because that's how they find it the most easy but I think like for me it's more like it became like an escape from my feelings I was just going to ask you that. Yeah. yeah, I I, I realize the same thing when I sort of sit down to paint or draw or whatever. It's not that I'm expressing my feelings or exploring my feelings. It's more that I'm meditating. Exactly. Like it's this moving meditation. And I just kind of always have something with me, like whether it's like paint or markers or pens. And like, for instance, we'll have a dinner party at our house and I'll be sitting like on the, at the, at the table and I'll be drawing while I'm visiting, you know? And then people are like, they're like, what's this for? Like, are you in a rush to kind of get this done for something? And I'm like, no, it just kind of keeps me busy. So people sort of like, especially my close friends have just started to like realize in most settings, even though like I might seem like I'm not present, like I am, but I sort of need that just kind of keeps me in this sort of like zone where I'm not as like vulnerable or I'm not as worried about like what people are thinking or or how I'm supposed to act where I can kind of keep in this like safe place. Do you ever worry that it's a negative outlet for expression in that or has ever anyone ever mentioned that to you? Because I think sometimes when people see us fidgeting or taking our consciousness to sort of another place that they start thinking, oh, you know, this person can't handle the present moment. Right. And I think that's a good question because sometimes I say almost a similar thing where I'm like, it becomes like this obsession where I'm going to be like this kind of crazy person in their basement that all they want to do is paint all the time. And, you know, they don't go outside or I'll have my roommate who will sometimes drag me out and say like, we're going out for the night. Like you can't just sit in here and paint, like, especially if I'm going through a hard time. I definitely feel like it can become like an obsession, especially like when times are like a little bit harder for me, Mm -hmm. like darker. I feel like I can get really into it and I can be painting for hours on end. And then it's like, I really have to remind myself, like, you can't, you can't just like paint your feelings away. I'll have to sort of sit with them and move through them. And if you just distract yourself the whole time, then I don't know, maybe that's not good either, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? I'm curious to know, do you also uh, journal as well or have any other sort of uh, expression of the self other than visual, like maybe written word or music? I wouldn't say to the same degree. Like I I play a little bit of guitar and I journal from time to time. But I think, again, it comes down definitely music I like, but and I listen to a lot of music. But I think that um, like journaling for me, for instance, would be scary. You know, like I've, I've sort of been in and out of therapy for probably since I was 14, oftentimes it's recommended to journal and journal your feelings and free write, etc. And I feel like I find that very hard. I find that very hard to sort of face those feelings sometimes. And then also, like, even I have a hard time sitting still. So it's like constant, constant moving, constant. Like someone said to me once, like, what happens if you sit still? And I was like, well, then I I would have to feel things, you know? Like, I'm definitely aware of that but I would say things like writing and sitting and those things are hard because your feelings come in yeah that's very true that's almost uh it reminds me sort of how we use our cell phones as well like people very rarely will have a moment of just sitting and not having any sort of occupation whatsoever Right. Sort of like stimulus all the time. Yeah. Something that can sort of turn off those, I don't know, the steam engines of thought, I guess, of just 
pushing you forward into maybe a negative thought pattern or especially I suppose in times when you're having a hard time or you're going through something a bit rough. Yeah. And I think that like I grew up I grew up, my dad was definitely like very much a workaholic. I grew up with him a lot. And then also just having like a really busy life going back and forth all the time. I feel like I just developed always needing to work, always needing to produce. So like whether it's painting or then all of a sudden I've picked up another craft or I'm working like, you know, I teach yoga and I teach school and I tutor school and I paint. And then it's like, whatever it is, I'm like constantly trying to not necessarily like work to make money but like be productive constantly and like be producing it and that like and then also I guess yeah keeping my mind busy also but this constant like I'm just used to being really busy that's very familiar to me like chaos and like sort of being messy and disorganized is like really familiar to me. I'm also wondering, how was your university experience for you then? Because a lot of people say that the chaos of university, the intense busyness of university, you know, negatively impacts their mental health or their ability to be productive. For you, I, I'm going to guess that maybe it wasn't so difficult because you're so, you know, happy to be sort of engaged and busy. Yeah, that's it. Like I found university to be stimulating for my mind. Like I like things that are challenging for my mind. I like, I love learning. And it's probably the reason I became a teacher. I found university for sure stressful in some cases, like with exams and being busy and it being really hard. My first undergraduate degree was in science and it was definitely hard. How did you um, decide to become a teacher? I think I wanted to be a teacher when I was around the age of eight or so. And I remember like my little brothers and sisters, like setting up desks in our house and making them play school with me and like making worksheets for them and setting up desks in our house. And my dad's a teacher. And I think maybe I kind of always looked up to him in that sense. And like ever since I was, as long as I can remember, I was certain that I wanted to be a teacher. Interesting. And I, I wanted to be a math teacher. My dad, my dad's really good at math. He's actually a carpentry instructor, but after you finish your teaching degree, did you pretty much right away start working as a teacher? Yes. I started working as a teacher in my hometown, started teaching science, and then I quickly kind of switched to math, which is what I wanted to do. And then I, right when I graduated, I was thinking like, I'll always have the summers off. So this is the perfect time for me to like really pursue painting as like a career, like rather than it just be kind of once in a while, because I would have all the summers off and then like how perfect. And then I remember that first summer, just really painting as much as I possibly could could. And then it just kind of started to develop and people started to sort of follow along and pay me to paint. How did you get the word out uh, considering that you had no sort of background in that or were you already active in the network of local artists in your area? Back then we didn't have Instagram. So I started a Facebook page. Honestly, people just started like following. And then I had a few friends in Prince George that were artists and they would host like little art shows. And then I became part of like these small little art shows. And then I started to do the farmer's market and have like a booth set up at the farmer's market. Um, so yeah, so mostly like farmer's markets, kind of word of mouth, social media, 
we had like a small sort of radio station in Prince George and they asked to interview me at my house. And it was just kind of like these little things word by word of mouth and people started sort of commissioning things. I started painting some kind of private paint classes at people's houses. Like later on, I would have like displays in sort of coffee shops and then I was doing live painting in coffee shops and yeah, people just sort of started networking and reaching out. And like, I feel like that's sort of the coolest part for me is that sort of made so many cool connections over the years. Organically. Yeah, like I've never really asked for anything in the sense like I've never applied for anything. I've never sort of really sought it out. Like I've just been sort of painting from my heart and like really obviously painting a lot, but then people have just sort of like sort of following along with it. And what was it like to sort of sell your first couple of pieces? I imagine that you might have had some sort of connection to your artwork and to give it away might have been weird in a way because a lot of your pieces are very elaborate and I imagine take hours to to create. So was yeah. there any sort of like separation anxiety from you know having to sell it? I kind of have a few pieces that I've kept from the beginning, like maybe like two or three that I'm like, oh, I'm going to keep the, these ones forever. But other than that, I just like, I don't really feel like I have strong connection because I'm just so happy, honestly, to be sharing. It's so cool just to have somebody sort of like over the years, you know, somebody will see something and they're like, oh my gosh, this reminds me of my, you know, boyfriend that passed away because we hiked this mountain or like I lost a baby and this is, and like just these like really cool emotional sort of connections. And so like, I'm like, just have it, like, just take it. You know, I love to be able to kind of like connect people. And I mean, for sure, there's just sort of like more regular paintings that are sold that aren't like have these crazy stories but I just think like I don't know for me it's just this method of healing and this method of my own journey and I don't really feel an actual super strong connection to just this canvas at the end you know what I mean like it's more just I don't know it's kind of the process for me it's like this healing process for me the end product really doesn't mean anything to me I feel like Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Like you sort of had this sort of uh, shock of a new career as well, because it grew pretty organically um, and you were working as a teacher at the same time. Mm -hmm. And is your sort of end goal, do you want to just focus on painting or do you like how you have this sort of marriage of two different worlds? Like when I was teaching full time and trying to, I really was like trying to pursue this dream of being an artist. And that's all I wanted to do. And I was like, you know, you only live once. And like, this is what I want to do. I just found like there wasn't enough time. Like there's simply not enough time to pursue something like being an artist or just something that takes a lot of dedication. And so one had to give either my career or painting and I decided that I didn't want it to be painting. So I quit my job for a little while and I really just painted, painted, painted. And then I ended up um, substitute teaching for a little bit. And I thought I'll just substitute teach part-time and then I'll paint part-time and then I can kind of do both. And then now I'm, now I'm in this place where I'm supposed to be substitute teaching part-time and painting part-time, but I'm just kind of saying yes every time they need me to substitute teach and then I find I still don't have enough time in the day but if I was to choose I would be full-time painting (laughs) for sure even though I do really really love teaching and I think right now I'm really loving teaching more than I ever have so I am happy doing both but um it's that same sort of like balance with time and sort of me saying no to things to make time for the things I'm I want to do so Mm. and then um but right now I'm substitute teaching everything so kindergarten to 
grade 12, any subject. Oh, yeah. wow. That's such a range. Yeah. So it's kind of fun. It's super busy. It's, you know, I used to hate the unpredictability of substitute teaching um, where you don't know whether you're going to get called. I've started to really like just like enjoy that I can take time off to paint whenever I need to. And do you bring some of the art therapy vibes into the classroom as well? Or is it two separate worlds? Yeah, so I've started to do that. So I have, um, I think same thing, like where like this word of mouth sort of is traveling and, and people... I think actually a lot of teachers hate teaching art. So lots of teachers actually will ask me to teach art when I come in. And so I've done that. And then also I've teaching some paint nights at local breweries and pubs and our yoga studio here. So I've just been kind of doing like fun paint nights. But recently I've been putting it out there that I want to do at our yoga studio some like actual art therapy so not just like kind of a one-of night but maybe like a series of nights that's more focused around like the therapeutic side of it or the therapy side of it I guess yeah previously in the um interview you mentioned art as being sort of a, a meditation for you has it sort of evolved into more of a thoughtful process for you as you've gone on because it sounds like uh after this uh, your childhood and your early years where you were going through a lot of things, it was very much, let me just think of something else, right? right. Um, and, and now as you've sort of grown into it, has it evolved in a way or changed for you? Like the very act of creating, has it changed? Right. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Kind of like in the beginning, it would be more just like this like outlet where I was just kind of escaping and I could kind of paint anything. Yeah. Whereas now yeah. I do paint quite a few um commissions like a lot of the paintings I do are commissioned so yeah there'd be like a conversation with somebody what they're looking for um and maybe a little bit more like planned out I would say versus that me just kind of you know escaping all my problems and just painting whatever yeah so be more like planned out but I would say it's still the same kind of the same kind of feeling for me where it's like very meditative very like it's a place that I can find some still and some like calmness in my mind, which I feel is like always constantly going and overthinking. So it's a place that just like brings me back to myself. Because it takes a level of bravery to pursue one's passion. That moment of pursuing art, it must have been exceptionally vulnerable for you, but it sounds like you're like through art, you also run away from vulnerability. It's also like it's putting yourself in a very vulnerable place when you're creating something for like the world to kind of like, I don't know, feels like you're almost like judge could be judging you, right? Like sort of like I'm running in the beginning, I'm running away from all these like judgments and feeling sort of not enough. And then you kind of put yourself out there and like, what if I'm not enough or what if I'm getting judged? So it seems kind of like sort of the opposite, but people just being so kind and like welcoming and like wanting displays in their businesses or wanting to commission things for their friends or like sharing these stories with me. I think that's what's kept me going is like, I feel like it's just like overwhelming the support that the communities I've lived in and painted in have like, like the support they've given me is just like super encouraging and wonderful. 
I guess too, it's like a connection to your community as well, because a lot of the things yeah. that you paint are, you know, elaborate landscapes and things like that. So yeah. And I think that too, I have a hard time. I think sometimes maybe making connections in a community and especially I've been in a new community for a couple of years. So like sort of making friends and being part of your community, I feel like I'm not even really sure how people really do that normally. Like I, I don't really know, you know, like I'm not, I'm not the type that's going to like start a team, like start a sports team or like join a club or like go eat by myself and kind of just make friends organically that way so I feel like this is sort of been a a way for me to make friends and for me to make this community feel like home like that's sort of my connection to people I think and it's really cool. What are your projections for your future in regards to art and your career and just where would you like to see yourself taking this? Oh, I'm not really sure. I feel like I would love to just see it kind of unfold organically while I like staying focused and really dedicated. I think that's um, my path so far is like, maybe I don't have like sort of a goal in mind, but at the same time, I'm not really like just passively putting it on the side burner. Like, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm definitely, I'm going to keep painting as much as I can and pursue this in a sense of just, I guess, just keep painting. Like, I don't know yeah, okay. what else, but then, but then I guess if I was going to like some of the things I've thought of that I really want to do is definitely art therapy, like have a location where I can show like the benefits and the, the healing that can come from creative expression. And I mean, I know that not every everybody is into painting or not everybody wants to do it all the time but every time I've painted with people I think that they really find some peace in it and I would love to share that side like I couldn't agree more and I've also noticed that uh, art therapy is not that common and then it's usually you know classes are usually they can be quite expensive it's always with a licensed art therapist I really just don't feel it has to be that specific I think just getting to use your hands to create something even if you're not talking even if you're staying in your own head I think you're right there is just a different elevation that happens when you're using your hands to make something and you're just doing that nothing else no interruptions um yeah you know you can be verbal or non-verbal whatever yeah and like the person that's putting it on like if that was me I think that the the role is just to hold the space for people that's the whole point you know it doesn't have to be like you said like does it have to be that complicated where you have like this licensed therapist you have this and you have this it's like for me it's just somebody sort of to provide the materials because people you know don't want to go and get all their supplies and this and that and then if that seems too overwhelming then they won't even get started so it's like provide the supplies and then hold space for people to express themselves like I think of it also like children I've taught lots of art I used to do sort of an art camp with kids and they did painting classes and then I've done similar ones with adults and I watched children just do whatever they want they're not following your directions and they are having the time of their lives and they love it and they think it's so awesome and then you paint with the same thing with adults and they're constantly searching for um, direction and how do you hold the paintbrush? But what paintbrush do I use? Okay, now now what do I do? Now what do I do? And I think we sort of develop as adults this seeking of approval and this judgment, et cetera, et cetera. And sort of I think of art therapy bringing 
us back to when we were kids where here's all the things and you do whatever you want. Like I'll show you some kind of techniques, but it doesn't have to be like what I'm doing. It doesn't have to be look like this or you don't have to hold this, but can you explore that on your own? Can you explore yourself, you know? Yes. I couldn't have said it better myself. I think there's just so much, I think as adults, we start thinking of art as it has to be creative expression, but it can just be therapy. It doesn't have to be perfect. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be beautiful. Even it can just just be a form of therapy. It doesn't have to be your emotions laid out bare. It can be mm-hmm. somewhere in between those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, And just to sort of wrap up the interview as well, I was wondering if you had any sort of insight or advice that you would give to your younger self or somebody going through similar experiences as you. You mentioned feeling a sense of chaos and having art and school as a way to sort of shield yourself against that. So could you provide a little bit of, I guess, yeah, advice? Yeah, I think of like things that we've all experienced in our life that are sort of messy and we all have these stories that are imperfect, you know, no matter sort of the circumstances that we're given or we're going through that we really have all the tools to sort of paint our landscape, like however we want, you know, I kind of think of it like you can also paint over top of dried paint and paint it again. You know, you can have this, your life is like this big canvas and you can keep painting it over and over again, sort of no matter what the history of the backstory is, is that we all have this ability inside us to kind of create our life however we want. And I think that if you just really live from a really authentic space and are really yourself, and if you're pursuing something you really love, then like the rest will just follow you. You know, I think when I started painting, if somebody had told me that back in the day, when I started painting, I'd be like, yeah, but how do you, how do you make money? Or how do people find out about you? Or like, you can't just paint and people will just follow you. That's ridiculous. But it's like, it's really true. Like if you follow your heart and that's what you love to do, you end up just getting better at that because you're doing it all the time and you love it and it's showing and then people will sort of follow you in that and pay you to do that kind of so I don't know the rest of the rest of all those questions that you're constantly worrying about they'll just kind of they'll kind of play out did you have anything else that you wanted to sort of add to your story or anything you felt that is sort of left out I don't think so okay okay then thank you so much (laughs) yeah thank you 